if you want traffic, Pinterest is functional versus relational. Social media is relational and you stay on the platform. But if you want traffic, Pinterest is your spot. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan, and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Oh my gosh, you guys, I can't believe we're just now talking about Pinterest. Hey, I'm Emily Reagan, your host of the podcast today. I actually got most of my early client work doing Pinterest marketing. I think it's such an easy way to get your foot in the door. It's fun. It's exciting. It kind of brings a mix of your different skills, and it's a good gateway job to digital marketing. Pinterest is an absolute powerhouse for businesses because it's a search engine. It's free, and it can bring in a lot of website traffic and quality leads. Uh, So today, I have a Pinterest manager. Her name is Sue Kreitz, and she's going to be talking about all of the recent changes with Pinterest, what to do, what not to do, what's working. Pinterest is just like all the other social media platforms where the algorithm is changing and it can be very frustrating. So it's really nice to talk to other people who are doing the work. Full disclosure, I still do some Pinterest work. I don't do a great job doing it for myself, but we're going to get there. You know, cobbler's kids kind of deal. Pinterest can work for your freelance business. It can work for your clients. This could be something to explore. One area that is really important to note is Pinterest promoted pins, especially with the way that some of this pixel tracking is changing with iOS. You might want to look into promoted pins as a service or additional service. Same with Google Ads, too. Well, we could talk about that in a future episode. So at first, I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't understand Pinterest. I didn't get it. But then I first started seeing the traffic when I was diving into some analytics for Jennifer Allwood, one of my first clients. And the Google Analytics showed me we were getting some traffic. And I had this thought, what if we did it on purpose? And Jen and I did it. We managed to get it working. And it was part of the reason why her business has been so successful was getting that traffic early on to her, to her blog, especially when you have those creative clients or those clients who share a lot of content that can be milked over on Pinterest. So let's get started. I'm thrilled for you to expand your own network and meet Sue. So let's get into it. We're live. Hey, everyone. I have Sue Kreitz here today to talk about Pinterest. And we were just kind of giggling before this because we were so excited. We booked this session a long while ago. We've been talking for a while. And it's finally here. We're talking about Pinterest today, which is one of my favorite topics. So say hello and tell everyone where you're from. Hey, I'm Sue Kreitz. I am a Pinterest ad strategist and ads manager. And so I live in Southern Maryland on the Chesapeake Bay on the western shore of the Chesapeake Bay. So I Did am I know uh, that because I'm in Maryland. Did we talk about really? Yes. <laughs> it is such a small world. I have met more people. I have a client who is across the bay from me. I have a client who is an hour north of me. You meet online. How funny. I have a student over in Annapolis. I'm in the DC area. I'm like right outside the DC border. Yeah. And usually we live in northern Virginia. Yeah. And this time when we're stationed here, we're doing the Maryland thing and it, we love it. It's so fun. And we're thinking about like, where's our forever home going to be? And I might need to talk to you about your area. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. We're kind of out of the rush. I used to live outside of DC. It's nice to be out of that. Yeah. Traffic. <laughs> yes. I was, traffic. And I was talking to someone recently about a little hotel to stay at on the beach. I'm like, as soon as the COVID stuff is done, like I'm going there, <laughs> I'm getting away probably by myself. So this is yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, okay. So back, like back to like Pinterest, can you tell everybody, I would love to know, and I don't know the answer. So this is fun. What did you do in your former life and how the heck did you get into Pinterest? Because I think these are always such a fun, fascinating story. I don't really have like a specific, you know, I don't have this whole thing of, I came from corporate. Life was a little bit of a mix. I had any job from uh, a bank teller years ago to I worked for my family's company that built, it's a clothing company that we built from the ground up. And so you're behind the scenes and you do everything there needs to be done, you know, to get the job done. And then um, 
I actually got into Pinterest. I I had a, an invite from a friend who his wife is Abby Ashley from the Virtual Savvy, uh-huh. and I've known him for years. Anyway, he said, "Hey, could you like her business page? She's just starting out." Whatever. I'm like, "Okay, yeah, sure, no what, no problem." So I did the obligatory. Let me check it out. You know, let me actually read things and you know comment and that kind of thing. And I thought, hmm, this is really interesting. And at the time, I was looking for something that I could do on my own, provide for myself and have flexible hours, my own schedule. And so I looked in a little deeper and I was like, what is this VA thing? Never heard of it. And so I was trying to dig around and there wasn't anything that just really stuck out at me. I don't have like a bookkeeping background. I don't have, you know, like a email management, those kind of things, not my strengths. And she had a tech tutorial for Pinterest in there. And I thought, hmm, this is really interesting. You know, all of us, I think, Till you learn it can be used for business, you're always like, well, let me look for a good recipe or the typical stereotypical yeah. of Pinterest, you know, home decor, you know, my, I need to redo my bathroom. And I went on there and I loved it. I thought, this is so me, the, the analytical, the strategy, the processes, it just fit like a glove. And I found a course out there and took it and it's just a perfect fit. And then as I've been doing account management and audits, I had a client who wanted me to do ads. And so... I was scared to death because I'm like, holy cow, I'm dealing with your money. You know, this isn't just Sue, you know, handling your account. This is money. So um, anyway, I said, you know, like Sarah, I've never done an ad. She goes, oh, I trust you. Go, you know, go ahead. So I was like, all right, let's go. And I loved it. So that is where I'm shifting my focus. And it's really nice because it's a, it fits my strategy and an analysis strengths really like a glove. And so SEO, those kind of things are my, are really what I enjoy most and what I'm really, that's where my strengths are. So I'm, okay. I'm really, yeah, I'm just shifting, just started that shift a couple months ago and I'm really, really liking You're it. Like shifting just to Pinterest or Pinterest ads? Pinterest ads. Okay. okay. So I've been doing just Pinterest all along. Okay. Yeah. I think your story is very relatable and I know that so many people in this group have tried out different things and explore different things. And we're like multi-talented. We can do many things. So you're relatable and it's not uncommon for somebody to be pulling in all these different things they've done. And that's why I like this digital world because we don't have to just choose one thing. You can be analytical over on Pinterest, but you get to be a little bit creative too. And you get to strategize and it kind of brings like this gorgeous mix of skills. And then on top of it, you're a business owner. Like you get to choose your clients and own your business and become an expert and get booked out. And that feels good to be calling some of those shots in a good way. Absolutely. And you bring your experience with you. And so no two business owners are going to be able to offer the same thing. And so you can't compare. It's not apples to apples because your experience, your strengths, your interests, that all affects who you are and what you can offer, which is the beauty of it. You can offer what you like to do versus, you know, dreading the part of your business because it's just not something you enjoy. Well, don't offer that service. You know, if possible, there are some things you kind of have to bite the bullet on, especially with Pinterest, but you can outsource things and just work around it. Make your package meet, meet what you like to do and what what your strengths are. Oh, I love that so much. And yeah, sometimes at the beginning, we kind of say yes to everything, but we gain clarity. And I don't know if I told you my Pinterest story, but I'm going to, I'm going to tell it for you. Yeah, please. I actually, I come from a PR background and I'm a military spouse. So I was kind of out of work and it was cool. And we were living in Montgomery, Alabama for 10 months. And I was um, kind of bored. My husband was in school like all the time. We're just getting ready to move again. And most of my friends' kids were all school age. So I had the like toddler. So I was home and I had an opportunity to work with a client who needed a media kit. And coming from a PR background, I was like, sure, I'll help out. And as I was gathering her stats for the media kit, I got into her analytics and I was like nerding out there because I had played with websites before and a little bit in my last job. But um, and then I saw on the acquisition channel, Pinterest. And I was like, huh, like, you're, did you? And I told her, and it was me being like, you know, having this open communication with her. I was like, did you know you're getting this traffic? And this was 2013 or 14. So this is a while, a while ago. Yes. So in my head, I discovered Pinterest marketing. <laughs> I mean, I stumbled on it. I did not use Pinterest, Sue. I don't have a home that I care about. I'm just moving all the time. I'm like in the weeds with children. I I didn't really get Pinterest. And I had, 
you know, I was like, oh, I don't really understand it. And then I saw that and I was like a light bulb. And then we started using Pinterest on purpose. And I have to tell you my early designs before Canva were crap. I was like using whatever I could to kind of make a pen and just figure it out. And so that was what, seven, eight years ago. <laughs> Canva is gold. Yeah, and it got me in with her good because she's like, oh, you're willing to figure this out. And so I started building my business on Pinterest because more and more clients, especially the DIY space, needed that help. And I uh, loved it. And I could work on it in the evenings. I could work on it in that time. It wasn't something that was like this burning fire that I have to stop what I'm doing and take care of clients. Like I could work ahead and it's only gotten better through so that was my like that's my origin story for you and I still have one Pinterest client but I've kind of shuffled a lot of them off and kind of evolved my own business and more into like funnels and whatnot and you know how Pinterest like works in there but I love to have my hands in the pot so I still have that one client who I was talking to you about and I love it because I've seen her go from nothing to this big old Pinterest account um, I let go of my big client. It was really fun growing hers because everybody had eyes on her. So then I would see people like copying what I was doing. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm like a, it's like a influencer, a silent influencer. Nobody knows that you're copying my designs. But anyway, so I love Pinterest. I think it's a great place to start for all the reasons you said. And the fact that you're getting into promoted pins is awesome and like gets you to that next level. It does. It, it's any, you know, the more you niche down, the more of an expert you become, even if you don't think it, you know, you know more than the next guy. So yeah. that's kind of the hump you have to get over of. I think, oh my gosh, how can I charge that? Well, you yeah. know what, Sue, is the amount of time you put in, you need to, you need to make a living. So yeah, the more you niche down and Pinterest ads are a different workflow. And it's, it's yeah. when you were mentioning that Pinterest is not this hurry. And I think that's part of what I love is that I can work ahead. You know, I can do all of my client work. If I can do one client, all of their work in one week in a month, then I'm done with them for the month. I check in, you know, it's not yeah. like I leave them be, but if yeah. I want to group them by client, or if I want to group it by task, I can, there's nothing, there's no rush on Pinterest. That's the thing, you know, you, you do want to get your content out there, but once it's out there, once it's scheduled, you just got to let it sit. And Pinterest is a slow grow. So there's not this, yeah. oh my word, it's not a time sensitive platform. It's a, it's a long-term, let it get out there and grow. So the, the, the house is not on fire, which takes a lot of pressure off. Of yeah. Me I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. But how do you deal with those clients who are like, they just expect it to start working right away and they don't understand that Pinterest is a long game. Like it can take months for your stuff to start going viral and they just expect followers overnight. Uh, how do you handle that? I am blunt up front. I'm, <laughs> and especially if they've never been on Pinterest, I'm like, you have to start from scratch. And I always compare it to their website. You don't expect Google to find you in a week. You know, it's going to take you months yeah. of constant content production. Put it out there. You have to, the more you're out there, the more consistent you are, the more Google has to work with. Same with Pinterest. The more they have to work with, you get their feelers have to take, it takes time for them to find you. So I'm, I'm like long haul. I actually have a six month contract minimum because of that. Good. Because, you know, I'm like the first month is set up, clean up, get you started. Mm -hmm. That's not, that doesn't count for growth. Then the second month is actually starting your scheduling your pins. Well, by the time they all go out, that's a month. And then you know, that's two months have gone by. And if they expect, you know, by the third month, they're not seeing results. There's just, yeah, you just have to be very upfront that it's going to take months. And some niches take off really well, like a food blogger. Yeah. Gold. And yeah. so I think people hear that, oh my gosh, they got thousands of pins in a, in a week. Well, or thousands of clicks through to their website. Well, what's their niche? And it really depends. So again, you can't compare apples. It's not apples to apples. It's not. I like that you're clear. And I really like the idea of the long-term contract. And that will weed out the people who are just on the, the shiny thing, right? And then they're exactly. like on to the next shiny thing. Yeah, because they have to understand it's a long-term plan. It's a long-term marketing goal. And if they yeah. don't have that mindset and they're not willing to invest because they're not going to make money for the first months, that's just, yeah. they have to put the money in and put the be patient in order to see a return, but that return is great and it compounds over time. And so 
They just have to look long-term. And if they're not willing to look long-term and they just kind of want the quick fix, then it's just not a good match. And it's okay to turn them down, which is so hard because I just want clients. I've been, (laughs) we've all been there. And anyone who's been there knows, wait, please wait. I understand the desire to get experience and there is some, you know, kind of truth to that, but a good client is worth that extra month or two wait. Yeah. Yeah. The wrong client can kind of mess with your mind. (laughs) I'd rather not have the client than have a bad client, to be honest. And and again, you think, well, you don't know my situation, Sue. You know, you don't know. I'm in a bind. I want I need money. You know, that kind of thing. So there. What niches are easier and which ones are harder on Pinterest that you've seen in your, you know, in your history? There are certain ones that if you think about when you type in a search, what's kind of a common, but on Pinterest, it's really recipes, home decor, those really take off. There are certain niches, like I have a photography educator, slower grow. There aren't as many, while there are a ton of photographers on there, like wedding businesses, you know, gold for a business is Pinterest, right? Every bride is on there making their little their pinning board, whether, you know, their, their inspiration board, whether a photographer dreads that or not, that's just reality. So wedding industry does amazing on their photographer if they use it correctly. And that's the key if they use it correctly. So it really depends on the niche. Again, like uh, I have a Facebook strategist and her content is amazing, but when she narrows down and focuses in, she's kind of on the cutting edge of things. And so her content isn't search for like she's uh, looking into chat box. Well, that's not a heavily searched for thing right now. And so it's going to take longer for her to get traction on that yeah. versus something that's very kind of common. Yeah. The common things tend to get a little, grow a little quicker. Yeah. I think that's where I've been frustrated with clients is in, in, the, in the business to business realm, you know, because I feel like the internet marketers have taken over a little bit, but I had a, a client in the DIY space who try to add on like these business pins and business podcasts and those, they just didn't do well, but they're still there getting searched. But I think she kind of had unrealistic expectations with how that would do. Cause obviously that's like way different than the core of her business. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it all depends also on how you approach it. Are they looking, how are they looking to grow? Do they want email signups? Do they just want traffic? Do they want product sales? Yeah. You know, it, it all depends on what the goal is can also determine your growth as well because it depends on it's going to affect how you approach things. If you're sending everyone to product pages, it can be hard for someone to convert immediately on a click, right? They're checking it out, right? They're shopping, right? You're you're in a store, technically you're in a Pinterest store and you're browsing. Well, that doesn't mean just because they click means it's going to convert to a sale. Yeah. So, there's that real re- you have to just understand that just because you might get a lot of clicks, which is fantastic because then you have more chance of conversions. You really have to plan out the conversion and make sure like that product page sells it for you. There's no one to say, oh, and this would look, this color would look great on you. You know, there's no, there's not that your product page has to sell. So converting and having the plan with the funnel that you do, the funnel is key for Pinterest. And because you can get your clients traffic, but if you don't make conversions, they don't make money. And so you don't want window <laughs> shoppers. Window shoppers are lovely. Welcome. But yeah. that doesn't pay my bills. That's just real. You know, that's just the way it is. So conversions are key. Sales funnel is key. That is your, it's Pinterest and off of Pinterest in order to make things work. It's yeah. not just click through and then you have to have a plan and guide them through to your end goal. That's why Pinterest opened up so many other doors to me because I was able to see the holes in my clients' blogs or areas that we could optimize and monetize and making sure we're growing the email, making sure we're getting affiliate sales, making sure we're getting product sales. So it opened up so many doors. And on top of that, uh, Pinterest really led me down the SEO path. (laughs) I think that was like my next big thing to learn on my own. And it was such like a core part of Pinterest that like, I think like blew my mind because you don't even realize Pinterest is actually a search engine. Exactly. Can you tell everyone why clients should be on Pinterest and how it really helps them and how that ties together? Yeah, absolutely. Because Pinterest is a traffic driver. It's designed to send users away from the platform. It's a visual search engine, just like you use Google to type in and search. Google is made to send people away. 
Same thing with Pinterest. And so in order to get the traffic, you can get traffic from people who follow you where you're connected with because your content goes in their feeds. But the beauty of Pinterest is because it's a search engine, people can type in the search bar. They have no idea who you are. Your results pop up and there you are. And people don't have as much brand loyalty on Pinterest as you might think they do. And so they're looking for answers. That's what people go to for Pinterest. They look to plan, dream, and do. They have an idea in mind. They're discovering it. They find, they kind of realize, oh, I like this. They get their options. And then they have to go through that decision buying process of who do they follow? And that's where your sales funnel is key, that you have to meet that customer on their journey and take them to your end goal. So if you want traffic, Pinterest is functional versus relational. Social media is relational, right? Yeah. And, and you stay on the platform. But if you want traffic, Pinterest is your spot. Yeah. And your content is evergreen. That's the other beautiful thing of Pinterest yeah. is that once your pin is on, it stays there forever. And so you have all that content creation that you've worked so hard to do and it's in a scroll and it gets lost. Oh, come on. That's a lot of work for, you know, and then, but on Pinterest, you put it on there, it stays on there and you get a return on it weeks, months, years down the road, which is why it takes longer, but you get a compound effect for growth for your clients is that it snowballs. You get a little traction, you get engagement, Pinterest pushes it out more. You get more engagement, Pinterest pushes it out, and it just builds and builds and builds, and you get this good snowball effect. So you can have, most of my clients have pins that are years old that are their best performers. Me too. What's that? They're always shocked by that. I'm like, yeah, this old thing you painted is doing really well. Or one of my clients, Miss Mustard Seed, has um, some pins on there, and her top pin is not the prettiest stage picture. It's actually a really, it's a cushion. And she's teaching a, a tutorial on like how to like reupholster your cushion or whatever. And, you know, we have all the pretty pins and then it's like this old pen and this old photo. And we're like, we don't know, but people like it. And it's exactly. just so crazy. It's so fun. It's just yeah. funny. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the big changes happening in Pinterest right now. And the reason I want to talk about this is some of what we were taught to do uh, or learned to do and saw the changes a couple years ago has kind of been undone. And now there's things that we don't want to be doing on Pinterest that a couple years ago worked for us. So what have you seen some of the big changes happening? Pinterest changed their algorithm. They went public. They're now a publicly traded company. And so they have to shift. They have to do business differently. That's just the way that the world is. You know, they have to make a dollar. Now they have to also support their stock, you know, their investors. Yeah. So what happens with that is Pinterest needs, Pinterest really has always wanted to create a great user experience for people, right? You want to, they're coming to look for ideas. You don't want the same magazine in a doctor's office all the time, right? You've seen it. Why would I come back, right? So Pinterest wants fresh content. It used to be that it was a really a sharing thing that you really shared a lot of other people's content to your board. You thought it might be of interest to people. You kind of share, here's, you're a business owner, but this is a little glimpse into my personal life of what I like. No longer. Business account is your content, showcase your content. The only reason you put other people's content on there really is to get the benefit of group boards. And then if you use Tailwind, which is a scheduler, they have the equivalent of group boards in there. And so in order to add your content to those, then you have to share other people's content. It's that, you know, you scratch my back, I scratch yours thing. So anyway, so that's a big one. Your account, a business account to start with, showcase your content, only pin your content as much as possible. Yeah. 80%, 20%, 90%, 10%, you know, really the bulk of yours, which is a huge, huge shift. Yeah. It used to be kind of opposite of that. Yes. And it's so interesting because you said it was more a sharing sharing back then and you know we used to have something called board booster yes uh, for those days and you know there was a time where we all stopped using group boards and whatnot like so many things have changed in there but ultimately what you said was the fresh content and you can do that by adding your own and different variations of your own and nobody wants to see that like you said old magazine from 2017 still sitting around so finding ways to like freshen it up but i remember learning years ago it was like the 80 20 rule and um i think it was like 20 percent your own content and now for my clients i'm like you're getting to the point where we don't 
need to do that anymore. Like sometimes at the beginning, it helps to get going when we don't have content, we need to kind of build up some boards. But now it's like, no, it's like your content on there. And we're definitely more careful about what we share. And does it fit the brand image? Exactly. And if you can't add to those boards, if you don't create, you have to create boards around the content you create. And it's okay if there's, you know, if you don't have a lot, it used to be, you know, 50, 75, 100 boards. Now it's like, start with 10, you're good. You know, 15, great. You know, you don't need a ton of boards now, which is very different as well. But it makes sense that you don't need as many boards because you don't, aren't sharing as much different content and your focus is you and your content. Yeah. But yeah, the fresh content is, is key. So do you still do like go into group boards and share from there? Or do you just mainly use Tailwind right now? I find that tribes have done well for my clients. They really do help. I think it's a lot of people are just more aware if they're paying to be on Tailwind, they understand the value of a tribe community, excuse me. They just changed it from tribes to community. So I know I, I think I'll forever say, say tribes. I'm going to have trouble with that too, but that was a PC change. So we're going to say Tailwind communities. That's right. That's right. That's right. But I do use group boards and some can be very effective and it's really a trial and error thing, just like a, a community would be on Tailwind. Try it. Sometimes the content might do really well and sometimes just not so well. And so that's really where it's really important to look at your analytics and see how much of a return you're getting. If you're putting a pin on there and you're not at least getting a pin in return, yeah, that's just not, don't waste it because you have to remember too, that because you shared that pin, you have to share someone else's. So yeah. you're taking up real estate. You're taking up, you know, if I only want 30 pins from other people on my client's account in a month. I want to use those wisely. I want to make sure that I'm getting a return on having to share someone else's content, which isn't as favorable on my account. Yes. And tribes can be so hard uh, like finding the good ones and monitoring that and really seeing like that pay off. Have you noticed, is there a better time of month to upload your pins to a Tailwind community or do you like scatter it all month long? I scattered all my month long. It used to be that um, what what they've changed gratefully is that one of the important things with Pinterest and with the algorithm change is to pin to the most relevant board first and oh. then the most re- the next most relevant and then the next most relevant. So in order to do that, what ha- would happen is if you shared a pin in Tailwind, if you put it in a community before it went out to your board, then it might not go to the right board and Pinterest is connecting wherever that person pinned it to, to the pin. So you want the first landing on Pinterest to be the most relevant location to tell Pinterest what that pin is about. So in order to do that, you need to get it out there first before it goes in a Tailwind community. So what Tailwind has gratefully done is that they now you can in Tailwind, you can add your pin to a community while you're scheduling it to, to all the different boards, and it won't go out until it goes out to your board first, oh, which is a beautiful okay. thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Really nice that they made that feature because we were having to go into where they were already published, published pins, mm-hmm. and pinned communities from there so that we avoided that difficulty of it not, we wanted to make sure it went to the right the most relevant board first. And so what we would have to do is go out after the fact, look in Tailwind, see what, go to the published pins and then choose pins to go to all the different communities from there. If that makes sense. You had to kind of go double up a little bit on the work. So you're saying, but now you don't have to, you can just pin it to the first board and then Pinterest will share it among the communities after it's gone out. Yeah. Schedule in, yeah. Schedule it in Tailwind if you're in there. Yeah. And you can add it to the communities at the same time, but Tailwind won't send it out to the community until after your pin has gone out to Pinterest. Okay. When did that change happen? I don't know if I was aware of that one. Not long ago. Oh, I like yeah. that. Yeah, I Tailwind's do, awesome. I do it. Maybe I do it opposite, but I do. will post it first in. I'll create the pin in Pinterest first, and then mm-hmm. I use Chrome extension to go over. But I'm yeah. kind of like doing a lot on the fly. Like I'm doing usually the pen and the description, all that on the fly. So I like to get it to my main board first and then go back. But you're saying like, maybe think about what that first board is better. Like 
So, hmm, okay. That's, that's a good little tip there. Cause yeah. my client will have different types of decor she's painting. So I could put it in the nursery board first and then right back. I like to have that main board as like the showcase mm-hmm. one for me to stay organized and know what yes. it's more for me, honestly, yeah. it has one pin of everything. So I can like, gra- I like know exactly where it is. Cause back in the day before all the aggregated pins, like they would be all over the place and I couldn't tell what was where or what, especially if you bring on somebody else on the team. So I, I'll do that main, I call it like my main gallery board yeah. to show off their work, but yeah, which is essential for every business account is one, yeah. because it's in essence, your portfolio and one smooth scroll. Every yeah. pin that you put on Pinterest needs to be on the business board. Sometimes that is the most relevant board. Most the time it is for her. Yeah. So, so then that's great. And sometimes it might just need to go to another board first. Do you schedule your pins to group boards ever? I do actually. Um, and I tend to, I do look at the relevancy of those as well. Okay. And if the group board doesn't have a description that Pinterest can associate with that pin, well, first, if it, the group board doesn't have a description, I don't join the group board because you, there's, you can't search it. You, there's, there's no point. You, <laughs> right. Exactly. Anywhere there's text on Pinterest, there have to be keywords. And if you're, you know, your board titles, your board descriptions, your those tell Pinterest what your content is about, what your board is about. And yeah. so if that group board isn't telling Pinterest what it's about, then then there's no nothing for Pinterest to match for yeah. me with that pin, if that makes sense. Yeah. There's nothing for Pinterest to go, oh, this pin is about this. This group board is about this. That's a great match. I understand what they're about. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So I do, but I do pin to group boards and I t- but I tend to put them at the bottom as some of the last boards. Me too. <laughs> One of the changes in Pinterest is it doesn't want you, help me out with the rules. It doesn't want you to pin the same content and Tailwind will flag you if you pin more than 10 boards at once. So how do you combat this knowing that you want Tailwind to work to your advantage and, you know, schedule out as much? Do you um, put a lot of time in between your scheduler or do you just send it to 10 boards and what, like, what's your MO for that? I try and actually keep it to five or six boards as okay. that because each time you send out the duplicate pin, it's less and less effective. And so then your account winds up having a lot of duplicate pins. Yeah. So it's better to pin it to fewer boards than yeah. to just, because you can pin it to 10 doesn't mean that's a good thing. So, and then what I have to do is then that just can mean that I don't have as many pins going out in a day. But with Pinterest, it's really quality versus quantity. Okay. 10 to 25 pins is a good range of number of pins per day, but 25 isn't always the best for an account. Sometimes a sweet spot can be 10 to 12 pins a day. Yeah. So it's a matter of finding that and um, just staying within the guidelines, but making it work for your business. You know, if you can't put out 10 pins a day, if you just don't have the content for it, five, six, seven, eight, you know, and start there you know, start work on building it up, but being there is better than not being there. Being there and, and having less is better than not being there at all. Yeah. Cause again, we're starting with the tiny snowball. We'll get to that snowman body, but we have to start small. So one of the changes with Pinterest uh, is how we write our descriptions and you were kind of giving me some of this advice and I loved it so much. And you, we are looking at some of the really old pins on my client's account and you called it keyword stuffing and you were like, don't do that. And that used to be a thing, like throw in as many keywords as possible. Uh, so how would you advise somebody to write a description now with the new changes? Hey, let me just interrupt for a second and invite you to the How to Work on the Line Masterclass. I am teaching the five areas online business owners need to hire out right now. This is a free training. Just pick your day and time and attend and watch it when you get a chance. It's about an hour long. We're going to cover online business industry lingo, buzzwords, and the behind the scenes job positions you could be doing. We're also covering what you need to know to get hired online and stand out above the competition. Head over to emilyreaganpr.com, link is in the show notes, to sign up right now and get your learning on and you're going to gain clarity and have your eyes open to the remote work possibilities. I'll see you there. Once again, emilyreaganpr.com slash masterclass. All right, back to the show. Choose really one to two keywords for your content and just focus on that 
determine where you want your content to appear. Those are the keywords you want to use. So in a title, you can usually use one keyword. Great if you can use two. That's that's always great. Yeah. But in the description, you want it to be conversational because when someone enlarges that pin and all they see are keywords, that's not easy to read. They're just going to walk away. So if you provide a description that is inviting and intriguing and tells the people what the content is about, that why they should click through, give them, tell them, find it now, get your best five tips now, buy it for $9. If you give them, literally describe it. What is this pin about? Here is why you need to click through because there is so much value. You just can't pass this up. Yeah. So, and in that description, you just have to use your keywords. And sometimes it's really awkward to try and get those keywords in there. And it's really, sometimes I think, oh my gosh, this took me so long. What is the deal? I agree. I'm surprised. It's not an easy process. No, no, it's not. It is not. If you could keyword stuff, it would go quicker, honestly. It did. It used to. (laughs) Yeah. But. It's not as effective now. You really want to make it user-friendly, be conversational. This is the only time you really get to talk to people on Pinterest is yeah. in your title and description. Otherwise, it's, you know, it's a it's a it's not a warm platform, so to speak, because it, there's not the engagement. So your title and description have to tell the story for you so that people click through. And the pin design, too, has to tell the story. Give someone a reason to click through, and that description really has to do it. Choose a couple keywords. Sometimes you're like, it's splitting hairs. Which one do I pick? Well, then a lot of times what I'll do is if I have keywords that are very similar, I'll create two descriptions with just a a variance of it. Like I have for my Facebook uh, strategist, I have Facebook page and then Facebook business page. So what I might do is, or Facebook marketing, Facebook tips, those kind of things. Then I just change it out. I just change out the keywords. I don't change the whole description. I just change out the keywords. And then I'm focusing on, then I'm hitting a different keyword search yeah. in that. Yeah. Are you, and are you doing a different image with that too? Well, no, I'll use the same image, but just when I'm scheduling out to, um, yes, actually it would be because when I'm in Tailwind, I only put the description in once. Yeah. So I'll use the one description in one pin design and then the another description in, in another pin design, if that makes sense. Yeah. And it will kind of tell you what did better too. Exactly. So that's that's exactly. really good. That's kind of like your little your own A B, you know, split yeah. thing. So that, and that's good because sometimes you don't know and the keyword that you're thinking of might not actually be what your uh, client's audience is searching. Right. And that's the that's the other thing. That's why you want to make sure when you do your keyword research is that when you're typing that in, the pins that appear are is that a good fit for your content? Is that yeah. where it would make sense? Is that where you want it to show? Yeah. Does it reach the right audience? So it's really important not just to guess at the keywords, it's to research them, hit enter. Okay, is, is this where I want it to? Just because it's searching, uh, something is being searched for doesn't mean that's where your content would be a good fit for. I feel like a better analogy would be over on Instagram where you would be a thousand times more careful what hashtag you used, right? You don't want to use a hashtag and have some thing inappropriate show up or have it exactly. be or have it be one of the blacklisted ones that gets your your account like banned. Not banned. Is it shadow banned or whatever on the blacklist? You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> Instagram, you would be more careful. So what Sue is saying is double check those on your keywords first. Yeah. And it's not that you would get banned. It's just a matter of yeah. that's not where you want to be. Yeah. Find the best. There's a bet. There could be a better fit or what you thought. Exactly. isn't quite there. Right. Exactly. It's not what you thought it would be yeah. when you hit enter. And then the other thing was when you mentioned hashtags, no hashtags for Pinterest now. Oh, that stopped really? in the summer. Yeah. No, they never were found in board descriptions. They were always board descriptions were always a no. But pin descriptions, they used to be clickable and they've actually stopped with hashtags. I'm glad you said that because I noticed yeah. And I was like, this is weird. So I was like, maybe it's being more of a, a legit hashtag thing instead of, okay, this is good to know. I did not realize that. Yeah, no hashtags now. And actually, I just emailed Pinterest about a client's account and they said, and don't use hashtags. And they pulled a sample and I was like, that's not even my client's pin. Oh my. don't use hashtags. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks, Pinterest. Yeah. yeah. It's so confusing because like YouTube has added them. Facebook adding them. Pinterest had them and took them away, but exactly. I, still, I still see some of these old pins where somebody else was doing them a couple of years ago and it's like full of hashtags. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, but okay. 
Um, one thing that I have noticed back to kind of talking about a conversational description is, you know, Pinterest really shrunk how much you see in the search. So it reminds me a lot of an Instagram caption or a Facebook ad where you just get a little taste. So you still, if you can use some copywriting skills and get a little bit of a hook in there to get people to click on it, you can use those words to your advantage. But like Sue said, don't just like word bobble vomit whatever like hashtag spit out like in the rest of the description so I have found myself going into my client's blog pulling in some of her words and kind of kind of asking a question or like you know reminding them to click over to the blog but trying to give it a little bit of that personal element instead of like this is what I painted white and here is how I did it exactly hashtag don't use a hashtag (laughs) (laughs) yes yes yeah and really you have to kind of pack the punch early in the description. Yes, that's a good way to say say that. And then one other thing that's changed is now we're getting a little bit more of a engagement game with Pinterest. Does, does that factor into everything? Because now we can leave emojis, people can reply, people can upload their own version of the project. I don't really have a lot of engagement that I have to manage with clients' accounts. I think it's kind of a novelty. And honestly, I don't know if a lot of people even realize they can do it. But, you know, I think Pinterest tries to pull in different aspects of social media platforms to, yeah. see, to just, you know, to catch on me. I don't I don't know exactly, but it's such a different platform. It's a visual search engine, not social media. And so people aren't really there to chit chat. So yeah. they're, uh, they're there to find answers, really, is the, they're there for themselves is the bottom line. Really. Like and then not in a selfish way. They're just there to find answers. You go on Google, you're not being greedy. You're not being selfish. You're just, you got a job to do. You know, you're there to find an answer. Same thing with Pinterest. You know, we all, you can search and make it fun or whatever, but yeah, it's not, it's not, you're not there to chit chat. You're there to really get a purpose done. Yeah. I don't want, like, I don't want to interact with people over on Pinterest. It's like my silent, like zone out time when I am using that platform. So yeah. Um, but I do have my client, she does get some, a lot of replies and comments and people asking dumb questions. <laughs> they just well, like, again, that's her niche. Her, her niche is a kind of a question and answer. Like if it's yeah. a DIY, you know, how did you do this? Whereas, you know, for some of my clients, there, it really, there's really no, yeah. you know, that doesn't even apply to yeah. something for their content. It's not something people really want to ask questions about further than what they're posting. Yeah. It's so I'm like, just click over to the blog, but it really drives me crazy that I can't link in replies and, you know, get people push them over to the content where they would get all of their answers. But, you know, that's how people are. Let's talk about another big change or actually two big changes. Let's start with the fun one, Pinterest story pins and what your take is on that. Oh, I am. They wear me out. They (laughs) really do. There's so much work. Because it's not just a pin. You have to literally create a story behind it. Yeah. And so you, and, and they're not clickable, right? So, so, so it's impressions, right? So I'm like, why? It's a traffic driver. I want people to go to yeah. click off the platform. And so they do get impressions. It's a way to get followers. You can have people, in, you know, kind of engage with you. It's great for DIY or how-to things. Carousel pins are the same thing. They're just a different but you can click through on a carousel pin where if you have, say you have carousel, just like Instagram where it's a slider thing. Yeah. So if you have four pins that make up your carousel pin, each of those slides, each of those pins can then go to a different URL, which is a nice thing for a carousel yeah. pin. But with a story pin, it's really there for people to get inspiration is really the purpose behind story pins. And so yeah. I know you can get great impressions with them and I'm not a fan, but you know, to, if it, if it, if it helps my client's account, well then I'll be doing story pins. Yeah. I've been doing them because I was bringing my client's account back to life and I'm looking at it as like a way to juice the account. It's yeah. like, you know, the algorithm and the platform likes this, by golly, I'm going to follow the rules and I'm going to, I'm going to do one a day and that's exactly right. everything I can to try to encourage someone to click. Like I'll put the website on the last card Uh, I put, um, I've even stopped following their like recipe. I'm like, just copy and paste this link, you know, blah, blah, blah. I do the same type of description thing. Yes. I will not put hashtags in there anymore. I I didn't, I was like, I don't think these are effective, but now I know for sure they aren't. So thank you. But yeah, uh, the story pins, I feel like Pinterest is trying to act like a social media platform and kind of fool everybody, but they are getting the biggest 
bandwidth. They're getting like the most, what am I trying to say? When you log onto a Pinterest account, they get bigger size real estate. Let me say that over. They get yes. the real estate <laughs> on a Pinterest account. So that tells me as a, as a Pinterest marketer, I need to be putting effort into this because even the video pins are this big story pins are this big. So I'm putting a lot of effort into that for that reason, but it is frustrating because it doesn't really help my client get the blog traffic. Exactly. And that's the whole point for Pinterest is the traffic driving thing. And so that's where I think, oh gosh, I'd rather do a carousel pin or put my energy into a video pin, which Pinterest doesn't really make those easy to click on. No. Let's talk about that too. Because the video pins, when they first started, like they were amazing for my client. We did awesome. And then now it's like, you almost have to click on them to start them. So I've learned the hard way. Don't have a like video that usually when they get edited, it's like a fade to black. So that first screen's black and I'm like, oh, all these like little things I'm learning, but now I'm having to bring video editing skills to the table. So uh, this Pinterest world is like a true unicorn job. It really is. Ah. It really is. And and the thing when you're, when you're you know, like for carousel and video pins, story pins, you have to schedule them all. Well, you don't have to, but it's best to schedule them all on Pinterest. And so when you're yeah. doing a video pin, you want to make sure that you set the cover on that because yeah. I've had them where I forget to do that. And it's just a white white rectangle. You can't edit it. You can't, I don't think you can go right. back. No, you can't edit it once it's on. And so I'm delete and I just have to start over again. And so it's just paying attention to all those things, but it's just making sure that you're, when you, you know, get those, it's the little details to make sure that they're seen well when people, when it pops up on the screen, that, yeah. that everything is in place for it to be a good user experience. Yeah. It's a lot to consider. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot to remember. But our video, our videos are, are doing really well. I do a lot of uh, time-lapse ones with my painter. Oh, that's good. Those do really good. And I'm trying to have like an end card. So it's very clear, like call to action. But I like that they loop like once they start yes. saying. So they really do catch your eye if they're done right. They do. They do. Yeah. Are there any other changes on Pinterest you um, can think of that I'm forgetting? No, just the new content is really key. If you have one piece of content, create multiple pin designs for it. A fresh URL and a fresh pin design is going to get the best distribution. The next best is the same URL with a new pin design. When the more you get repetition of that, then that's where it, the, okay. your content doesn't perform as well. So definitely fresh content. Make sure you get those keywords. An optimized account is essential now because yeah. that's how it's just essential with the algorithm change. And then really Pinterest can. Um, measure or match things on Pinterest from the image. There's a coffee cup in the image on your pin design. Yeah. Does that help or deter from your pin design? If your pin is not about coffee, you have to just consider those kind of things that your Pinterest can match what's on the pin to where it goes off of Pinterest. And so you have to make sure it matches. Just make sure that your I's are dotted and your T's are crossed is really is one of the things. So fresh content being consistent on there, keywords, no hashtag. Oh, the other thing is don't repin old pins. It used to be that you could just kind of repin the same pin multiple times. You have to allow some space in between. So when you're pinning, uh, say you have a pin and you're going to pin it to multiple boards, you need to leave at least two days in between where that pin goes out. Okay. And you also just want to, again, put it to the most relevant board first. Those are really, those are really big ones. Okay. So what about a pin that did really well in 2017? How do I keep that one going? It needs to go out no more than twice a year. So six months, then it can go out again. So if you put it in a smart loop, which is in Tailwind, then it can go out automatically. Mm -hmm. You can do that, or you can create a new pin design for that piece of content that did particularly well, or you can do both. Yeah. I've been doing brand new content with the old content. If that makes sense, I've been trying to do that to help instead of like um, having, we had a lot of smart loops set up and I just completely cleared it out. That seemed to help my client's account, but I like what you said about every six months. So I'm probably going to go back in and take the top, her top performing pins and keep those alive and have them go out then. And then, yeah, that makes the most sense to start thinking like biannually. (laughs) Yeah, so it's all really focusing on fresh content. So the more it's a repeat out there, the less, the less you're going to, you know, performance you're going to get from it. 
Oh, one of the changes that I've seen recently is the new all image tag. Yes. And, the, yes. and that is, can you tell everybody what that is and how we should use it? Well, you know what, actually, I'm kind of getting onto it too. I just have, <laughs> not all of my clients' accounts have had it. And so, oh, you know, really? you get, you get, you know, some accounts get certain features before others, but yeah. um, I believe it's really for vision impaired mm-hmm. um, to make their experience better. Am mm-hmm. I right on that? I think I could, so. I, and- check. I don't really know. <laughs> That's okay. I think it's a user thing so that people who can't see the image are able to understand what the image is about. Do you think it pulls into like on, on a website that all image is very important for SEO, right? So do you think that contributes to the algorithm at all? You know, that's a good question. That's a really I, good I mean, question. I guess yes, but I, I don't have the answer either. And I'm I'm operating like it does. So I try to like describe it and then throw in a keyword. Right. That's exactly. If there's text on Pinterest, make sure it has keywords. So yeah. alt text is another spot for those keywords to go. Yeah, that's so good. So how many clients do you have right now? Like, what does your business look like? I guess I have eight clients. I have some <laughs> management and some, I know, some management, some ads. Um, okay. I have some that are ads and management together. And then I'll have like a one-off service. I have uh, like an account cleanup this month and then I have another one next month. And so it's just a matter of sometimes it's a, they're long-term clients. And then sometimes it's just a one-time thing. Yeah. I had, yeah. Someone who needed an audit and then they actually became a client as a result because they had, yeah. What yeah, is this? I teach a lot of my students to uh, start with that same cleanup process because I don't, clients just don't understand the SEO work behind boards and the strategy and how much grunt work that is. And it's not something you can just hand off to somebody who doesn't know your business. So I like what you guys said about that first month is usually that. And then you get really get going in month two is exactly what I teach. But um, that's cool to know that you have built this business with like one specific service and you kind of like narrowed in exactly what you wanted to do. Is there any tools you use in your business besides uh, obviously Tailwind? You probably, do you do the graphic design as well? Do you do Canva? I do. I I do use Canva. (laughs) I'm going to show you one of my old ugly pens. You are going to laugh so hard, but uh, I think I might've even dedicated a blog to them, but yeah. Canva's like such a game changer because you make that template and you can have your different variations and yeah. play the game better. Easy to yeah. use. So user-friendly. But um, I don't use anything fancy, honestly, for my business. I use Google Drive. I have a client who really only uses Dropbox, was just very blunt, like, I won't keep Google Drive updated for you. So, okay, let's use Dropbox. Okay. I just choose to use Google Drive because that's where my spreadsheets are. Okay. It's my one hub. And so I really try and keep, I have Asana where I keep my tasks and my workflows of, you know, my checklist, you know, here's my process, especially with like an account cleanup. There are so many steps that I just need to know I've covered them all. And there's usually an order that makes the most sense. So um, Asana, Tailwind, Canva, Google Drive. So for your sheet, okay, you're talking my language here. I have a whole podcast tracker sheet that I do. I keep myself organized in the sheet. Do you do the same thing? Well, I use, um, do you mean uh, for... For my clients, I use uh, spreadsheets for like their analytics and for okay. keeping okay. track of their content. What's what's going out when? Yes, that's yeah. that's essential because there's just yeah. too much. Yeah, to, to not and and once you have more than one client, then it just gets crazy. So yeah. one person you can kind of keep track of, but then what did, did I do that? I I actually had to go through and I was doing pulling content that did particularly well, and it was at the six month thing. Let me go back and check, and I thought. Oh, that's been six months already. I had just, I couldn't believe it. So you lose track of time. So <laughs> spreadsheets are key for the, and then my keywords, after I research all the keywords, they go in a spreadsheet okay. too. I like the spreadsheets also for tracking like seasonal stuff. So I don't forget yes. that. Yes. Um, I'll separate my pins too, based on type. Like I will have, um, Oh, remember to do these email list building ones. Remember to do these, um, course selling ones, you know, and obviously I don't want to do those type of pins all the time. So I have like tabs for all of that. Like I super nerd out. I give this to my client, my uh, students over in the crash course, like they have this, but oh, that's awesome. um, I like, I almost want to see yours. <laughs> I'll give you mine. <laughs> Nothing I fancy. Nothing I like fancy. Nerding, out, nerding out on that. And, and I like to just visually see where I'm at and then remind myself, okay, I've this, been this board, this date, now it's time to do the next thing, especially with this huge change where you can't just set it 
to like tailwind and have it go out a zillion times over the year. So it's like a little bit more work and organization on our part. Very much, very much. And especially with needing so many different pin designs, you want to remember, did I use that pin template and did I send it out? Yeah. Did it already get scheduled? Because just you can design all of your pins ahead of time and not use all of them. Yeah. Sometimes I'll use maybe three pin designs out of 10 one month, and then I'll use another three the next month. And so I have to keep track of which ones went out when. So it's really, it is really a manage all of your files and all of your things. You really have, there's a lot to keep track of. There's so much. But it's such fun work. I really enjoy the work because like we talked about, it's such like a cross section of things. And I like that the business clients, all my clients usually hand it off to me completely. Like they're not in business. They trust me. I can kind of have free reign to do what I want. And I think an important aspect is tracking your analytics and giving that to them at the end of the month and telling them what went well or having them go look at things. One issue I've had is um, clients who get stuck on the follower growth in Pinterest and I have to like talk them off that ledge that that's not an important stat, but you know, people get stuck on that. Right. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah. So this has been so fun chatting with you. Will you tell everybody about your freebie you have? Because I think it will help anybody a get started with this type of work and help any business owners here who are more curious about using Pinterest. Absolutely. It's called the Business Owner's Guide to Getting Started on Pinterest. And with Pinterest, just like anything else, you have to have a goal. We had talked about strategy before with a sales funnel because once they click on the pin, they're off the platform. So you have to take care of them beyond the platform. So the the freebie goes over your setting up your goals, setting up your strategy, getting your keywords in place, and then a checklist for setting up your account. It'll take you kind of step by step of, of what you need, things to pay attention to, and um, get you going so that you can have a strong foundation, build this, take the time to build the strong foundation because it, it pays for itself. Yeah. You know where my head, my head went somewhere snarky when you said that I have a former, I'm going to tell the story. I have a former client who I was helping with Pinterest and she just didn't have her quite figured out like what she was doing. And she, she was known for one thing in her business, trying to add this other thing And all of the pins that did well were regarding the things she was good at and what she was known for. And I saw her in the forum a year later saying, I need to hire a Pinterest VA who actually knows what they're doing. And I was just kind of like, oh my God, like her funnel was not clear. Her, her um, ideal customer was not clear. And I still had access to her stats too. <laughs> so I went ahead and looked. I just had to look. I just had to. And I looked at it and all of her top traffic were all my pins. Yes. And, um, and I'm like, you know, I can only help you so much. I can get you the traffic. I can design the pretty pin. I know what I'm doing. I know keywords. Like I know how Pinterest works. But you got to take it over from there. And I just was a really good moment for me because I was like, oh, yeah, I, I, I still got it. <laughs> So she, she did need to have that part figured out. And, you know, it's it's not easy. That's like why people are in business, exactly. right? We're figuring that That's part. right. And, and part of the value if you offer Pinterest services is the strategy because yes. that really reflects your performance as well. Because if yes. you can get conversions on the other end, they're like, wow, I got so many email signups. Well, yes. that's because you helped them get their email strategy in place. And so... It also allows you to charge more. Let's just be real. The, the more you offer and the better you are at what you do, you can charge more because you those things allow proven results and you can show the results to potential clients and it allows you to to build up your your paycheck. Yeah. Pinterest is so in demand. Uh, I get so many job leads and there's always a Pinterest element. People want somebody to help take that over. And this is your opportunity to get in and show up like an expert, like Sue said. And when you start wowing people, you 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 book out like that. I 100%, I've seen it over the years. Pinterest is not going anywhere. It's a great place to start with your services. And business owners don't have time. They just don't have time. No. To do it. I know how to do it. And I don't do it for myself very well. Yeah, don't look at my account. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. And you, if you can provide a niche down, um, if it's something you enjoy, there's definitely a need for it. And just do it well, learn it well, do it well. Yeah. Stay on top of the changes and um, test, test, test. Yeah. I mean, just what works for one client doesn't necessarily always work for another one. So. Yeah. And I feel like that's the hard part about this world anyway, when you're a service provider is you are testing and you're trying to talk your clients off that cliff and let them know like, Hey, 
the best thing we can do is pay attention and get better and tweak and refine. And I'm here to pay attention for you. I'm your eyeballs. And you know, what works for somebody doesn't work for another. And they, they just have to realize that's part of the game. There's no like tried and true process that's going to make anything go viral. <laughs> exactly <laughs> right? right. And just be honest with your clients. I think they, they appreciate that. Just be respectful that, you know, I am doing my best. We're struggling. I have a client that's struggling right now. It's just, yeah. just is with the algorithm change. We just got finally caught up with us. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm doing everything I can. Mm -hmm. I've consulted a Pinterest expert, you know, beyond me. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing the best I can, but here's the reality. And I'm implementing this. They don't understand what you're implementing, but it's under control. I'm aware of it. I just wanted you to be aware of it and, um, and just know I have your back and just, they don't expect you to be perfect. I think that's the stress is that, oh my word, they're not, you know, you're going to have times of the year that the your performance dips because like Christmas content, it's going to perform best at Christmas. It's not going to perform best in April. So <laughs> that's just reality. And you just have to just keep your clients informed, just be honest with them and just don't expect perfection, but do the best you can. Yeah. That's so good. So we have a, a, a thread post in our Facebook group right now where people have asked some Pinterest questions. Yes. Who's been over there answering, speaking of tapping into a resource. I'm so glad for you to meet my community and, um, if, you know, help them as well. So they have asked questions. You've been so grateful about answering them. We can continue to do that as you listen to this. If you have questions, I feel like we went through an hour so quickly. I mean, we're talking about like fun stuff to me. So it just flew by. So I thought we would have more time for Q&A. But I do have one question for you. Yeah. If somebody's starting out who wants to start offering Pinterest, what advice do you have for them? Like how can they break it into this this world? Learn, learn, learn. And find what you enjoy. Get your SEO down. Learn the basics. You have to know that the basics are, are keywords. It's a search engine know how to look for the keywords, know how to implement the keywords, know how to build an account and know that you have to look at the analytics to know what's performing well. So to get started, learn. The hard part is the way you learn best is to do it. Yeah. And and you sometimes need an account for that. So that's where you might say, you know, Hey, could I do a little work for you? Yep. Try not to do it for free. Really. I know everyone's like, well, Try not to like lower, you know, maybe a lower rate and just understand when you first start out, it might have to be lower, but get experience, put yourself out there, be honest with people. I knew at this, but I would love to give you, you know, to give you a hand, get your design skills well, but just learn, learn and implement are really the best are the best things. I started Pinterest $10 an hour. That's what I was doing from my, wow. this was way back way, way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it, it quickly went up. Don't worry about me. Um, <laughs> but at the beginning, I was like, yes, like get me the clients, get me the experience. And I learned, I did not take the course. I learned so much by doing it. And if I hadn't have had those clients coming to me, uh, I would have been doing it for a friend's business. I would be doing it for like volunteer organization. I would have found mm-hmm. a way to do it and I would have started one for me. <laughs> you know, exactly. And that's yeah, what I, I do. <laughs> I did one. I asked some friends if I could do it. I had a wedding photographer and I said, could you, would you be my guinea pig? Just provide me the images. I'll yeah. do everything else. Yeah. The best thing for me, cause boy, I learned, I realized how many questions I had and what questions I had. Yeah. So actually doing, you know, and then when you hit tailwind for the first time, it's just terrifying. And you think, oh my gosh, this is nothing like the lesson, you know, <laughs> you know, you never have, it's never always that's the other thing with Pinterest. It's never always, you'll have a routine, but you know, the, every situation can be different and you just have to kind of roll with it. But yeah. if you can really get experience on someone else's and part of that just gives you the confidence to charge, right? Because yeah. you think, well, I don't know what I'm doing. How can I charge? Some people take that, you know, they're like, I don't care. You know, I just charge. Yeah. But, but I was like, I have to have experience to feel like I, I'm, Confidence. Yes. Yes. To charge. And so if you can really just help someone out is really uh, a good way to do it, but it takes a lot of time. So just be prepared that if you kind of pledge yourself to help three people, you're going to be putting a lot of hours in. And so if you want it to work out for you, commit to a chunk of time and do the work and you're, you're going to be so confident and saying yes to a future client. Uh, And I can bring in the work girls like, 
girls and guys, I'm getting the clients. I have some jobs for you. So if you can get up to speed when how to do it and you're over in my group, you got it. It's easy, easy way in. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, sorry. Even start with an account setup or an account cleanup. Yes. You know, if you're not ready to do whole management, you just want to get a little practice with that. So yeah. offer to do tailwind scheduling. That's kind of not the best way to do it. I would do learn with the account setup yeah. and just build on those skills after that. If you're not ready to kind of take the full bull by the horns. Yeah. You can gain so much experience by just playing on Pinterest and not even really adding tailwind. Like sometimes I don't add it right away for my clients. I wait till we get going a little bit. So don't let tailwind scare you. And that's right. You have trainings over there. You can learn for free tailwind. That's right. That's right. And you can use a Pinterest scheduler instead of tailwind if you really wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been so fun. I've enjoyed talking all things Pinterest with you. Likewise. Go download her guide to Pinterest. It will help you with the client work. It will help you as a business owner. And yeah, we'll see you here in the group. Thanks so much, Sue. Awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right. I hope you learned a lot. I hope you're feeling more confident when it comes to Pinterest to give it a whirl. Best advice, go volunteer, do it for your business. Find a friend who has a business that you can help them with. Start charging for your work. Start diving in, experimenting, testing. I teach a lot of this inside my crash course because like I said at the beginning, this is one of those services that I offered very early on. And it's something business owners usually do not have the capacity to take on themselves and do a good job. All right, next week, we're going to get into more freelancer stories and digital marketing help. We're going to talk to Melissa Berkheimer all about creating sales pages. Sales pages, I love them because you get to combine your website design knowledge, your copy knowledge, and clients will pay more for a good sales page. So you're going to want to stay tuned and catch that episode next week. All right, I'll see you later. ready to learn the digital marketing and social media skills that will get you hired online, head over to vacrashcourse.com where you can learn about my five-week program, the Digital Media VA Crash Course. Small business owners and solopreneurs want to hire someone who gets it and who can help them implement just about everything. They're looking for a magical assistant who does it all. With my comprehensive training, you can get your foot in the door and become a unicorn. Check out vacrashcourse.com. Time of month to, to, to do your, your oh, community post. <laughs> Failing at that.